0: Hey, welcome to the second part of our conversation with Nikesh, the producer of the amazing Indian Noah. And in this episode, you get to hear a lot more stories. So listen till the end and let us know how you felt about this. I won't keep you waiting. Here it goes.
1: You know how in Kerala, everyone has a a, a, a book that's written when they were born with their astrological yeah. details.
0: Kundali.
1: Kundali, yeah. Yeah, Jadagam in Malayalam, I think in Hindi, it's called Kundli. Kundli, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the, when the Kundli is written. So for my cousin, the astrologer refused to write past the age of 20. Oh. oh. And guess when he died? He died midnight. on the night before his 20th birthday. Just before midnight, he went to grab a new car from Pondicherry it was the night Sri, India was playing Sri Lanka and lost really bad in Kolkata. I think, if I remember, he was rushing back to watch that match or something like that, and they got run over by a truck. Oh damn!
2: 96?
1: So yes, yes, ninety six. I think I just I don't I don't remember the details exact details of it, but I remember the trauma of it. You know what I mean? So I remember the horror of it. Um, I we all of us like obviously her his mother and everyone else that knows him. They all. You know, deal with, I had a friend a few years ago who we loved very much, uh, who died in the Middle East. He was in his early 30s. He died of a heart attack. And, you know, that's terrifying. That is horrifying. We still think about it. And we feel deeply sad about it. We feel horrified that this poor, healthy young man could have come back from his office, was about to call his wife and his one-year-old daughter on Skype, and before that falls dead without anyone to look after him. Uh, you know, th- those sort of things. So some of these things that you're talking about, um, it it, it, bears, it bears looking at um, beyond the point of en- being entertained. So I'm glad that I got both those perspectives from you, you know, <clears throat> with your deep view of what you got out of the story and Shankar that you were laughing. In fact, from the laughing point of view, I have a friend, an artist, Ryan Kilbourne. I never go to watch movies with him, especially horror movies, because he starts laughing. That's his way of coping with it.
2: I, I think I'm a uh, similar kind because I remember watching Conjuring, Conjuring 2 and all that. And yeah. I don't know. Uh, conjuring I watched after getting a little drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so all fun and games for me. I don't know why I never felt, you know, scared or something. Yeah.
1: Oh my God. The Conjuring is so horrifying. I can't believe you laughed through the thing. You're just like my friend Ryan.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Conjuring second, grade, you have Valek is the devil right yeah and i was laughing out when no for me for me
0: the reason uh the thing is that um i like to immerse myself um into into whatever that uh that particular if it's let's say if it's a horror movie right yeah um i like to take it with the intent of what the movie actually wants me to feel like uh what i'm trying to say is let's say if it's a horror movie like you know conjuring or grudge or something yeah um the person who is writing that story, he really wants to impart that uh, feeling into you of horror and how it happens and stuff. Although you are not part of the story directly, you're watching it. I like to immerse myself and make me feel as much horrib- hor- horror, uh, you yeah. know, horrific as possible so that I'm extracting most out of it. So I don't try to make, uh, you know, uh, make something look like. See what you see on the screen. You can make a joke of it. Skeleton yes. or, or a, yeah, some yeah. scary thing that comes out, and uh, a clown can be a, a a funny thing or it can be a very scary thing as well.
2: Okay, yeah, clowns scare me.
0: So, so I really try to look yeah. into the uh, intent behind what they're trying to do, and yes. if it is scary, no. uh, then I want to be a part of it and completely feel the uh, feel what they are, uh, what they really want me to feel. So, that's yeah, why same, same here. Yeah. That. That's why I, I really I, get scared about watching. Uh, that's why okay. I get scared when I read and I watch. think
2: I think I should add on to this. Like, uh, now that I know a little bit more about this, I've always been, you know, uh, I've always look at horror movies like, okay, this is not real. Mm. But now that mm. you have put a perspective, like you know, you take personal experience and you know, you you kind of amplify it and turn it yes. into a different this thing, like you know, uh, yeah. talking about the priest from uh, Exorcist. Exorcist, yeah, yeah. In a is like uh, taking care of his mom you know so i think i can appreciate it a little more exactly. now that, that's what yeah. i
0: wanted to do uh because everybody is trying to tell a story and every th- story comes from some kind of personal yeah. experiences at all yeah, time. Yeah. so i want to respect that and i i intend absolutely. to enjoy it the should, way they I, want I
1: this is not to say that there aren't laughably bad horror movies there are some terrible ones absolutely awful some, ones
0: i have seen some uh sequ- a so-called sequels of evil dead movie which were just so rubbish uh, yeah, and yeah. i couldn't i could, couldn't help but just laugh through oh, the entire yeah movie.
2: i think the movie uh the horror movie i laughed a lot after watching was this one uh texas chainsaw massacre massacre right <laughs> did you watch the new ones or the old ones old one old one i watched right. the old one yeah. and i realized you know i shouldn't watch the new ones
0: new one so, yeah yeah yeah
2: and, uh, it's all like it, it was all fun and games for me i was just laughing out
0: yeah that was a different time altogether yeah. right i mean uh yeah. that was the kind of movie that people this is watch. actually a good, a good time to segue into
1: horror movie history and i want to talk to you about a little bit because this will further furnish some of the ideas that we've been talking about in terms of what goes into horror and, you know, what? how horror is enriched and how it should be experienced. So stick with me for this one. But I think it's valid talking about this um, in terms of how, when we talk about horror in India and we talk more about our personal experiences, including how and why I write Indian horror. But broadly, the history of horror cinema is that it's come from a point of view where supernatural horror, like zombies and ghosts were celebrated, mm-hmm. then went into like fear of the other technology than the fear of man as the truly terrible thing coming all the way back to supernatural horror where we are now. Um, so a, a brief history lesson would be that horror movies, they've existed in silent form f- since 1900, but 1930s when sound was revolutionized was when it became a, 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 you know, a real power. And as you've been discussing with the different um, movies and books, uh sorry the movies especially sounds adds such an important layer to the experience of horror so 1930s you're talking about the early Dracula Frankenstein the mummy those original ones um and and they existed um and, and they they came into their own power with sound uh so you will you will see that sort of you know early um early interest in 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 the 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 monstrous horror by nineteen fifties um it was about this fear of technology running riots and horror in the in the movie business uh, sort of fell into the b-grade um category and the mainstream really popular writers writers and directors and actors were not really interested so the people who were doing horror at that stage were all these outsider artists in the fringe and that's the birth of like the b-grade creature features like creature features like a uh, creature from the Black Lagoon, for example, and mm-hmm. uh, like some of those universal international monster movies, which they recently tried to reboot and they failed. um oh, You know about this, you know that, that sh- terrible Tom Cruise movie, The Mummy.
0: Oh, I didn't see it. I heard a lot, but uh, th- then I decided it's not worth my time.
1: Okay, so absolutely, it was a total waste of money. So they were trying to reboot that you know earlier success that Universal um Pictures, oh, the one,
0: which, one which came out in ninety nine. They were trying to reboot that series.
1: Uh, no, that was a different attempt. But that was excellent. I really love those movies. That
0: was nice. That was something that I enjoyed, at least the first first part of there it. There was a game. They're
1: not strictly horror. They're more like an adventure. Wouldn't you say? They're more like a,
0: a horror movie. It's yeah. just an adventure thriller. Not thriller also. It's just adventure movie.
1: I think. Yeah. So moving on from that 50s period. So in 1960s, we have some of the classics in horrors like Psycho and the Birds with Hitchcock. Yeah, and I'm sure you you've seen or at least heard of
2: those movies. Absolutely. See, uh, I remember <laughs> watching uh, Psycho like a few years ago, and I don't was, think like, was it few years ago. Did we not watch together? No, that that was my third time. What? I am the one who introduced you, know, you I, to that. But... I
0: don't think it's been a year since I watched that. Yeah, movie, yeah. Right. I
2: watched it in 2013 or something.
0: Right. So this. Wow. Uh,
2: so tell me more about this. So who introduced it to whom and then how, how has it
1: progressed in terms of the enjoyment of that movie?
0: So I think um, my experience was, was that I have heard of Psycho many times and in most of the top 10 lists of movies and all that thriller movies and horror movies, this thing is always there. And I, I've I read a lot of Alfred Hitchcock uh, short stories and book novels when I was in uh, school also. So I know what uh, standard of writing he has. So... And I yeah. heard, uh, I've heard about the story as well. And when Shankar came and said, you know what, this is, there is this, uh, you know, uh, movie called Psycho. I was like, I know about the movie, but I've never watched it. I think I would get bored watching it. Ooh. But he somehow convinced me. Both of us sat together and I watched it. And especially the last, the scene, the last scene, right? You remember yeah, the last spoilers. scene uh, <laughs> uh, where he comes, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. walks in you won't believe it i have i have not felt that uh, that in a long time i think after watching exodus this was this was almost 14 or 15 years after that i literally felt my hair rising all over my body especially in my ba- uh, on my neck and my hands yeah, I like yeah. i was petrified i was trying to make sense of what i just saw i was like yeah. how can this older movie you know, create this kind of a uh, reaction incredible. in who's watching it almost after sixty years of it being and, released.
2: And I think what what worked more was that it, it it's a black and white movie, right? I mm. think that also adds to it. And Very creepy. The yeah, house, the yeah.
0: basement, yeah. and like you know,
2: I I knew about Alfred Hitchcock's work since you know two thousand eight or something because I am so much into World War stuff. So there's yes. a document about uh, the 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 uh, concentration camps which he had done. It's gruesome. Yeah. And then I got into uh, the series, which was called, which is called Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Yeah, Alfred yeah. Hitchcock Presents. Yeah. And that's, like, just wonderful. Then I watched uh, this movie called uh, The Vertigo. And yeah, it's only after that I started, uh, I, I watched Psycho. So, uh, it was a little too late, but it's, you know, it's better late than never. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: So, so Alfred Hitchcock comes in and he makes these classic Psycho and the Birds. The Birds, I don't like it as much, but Psycho, same experience as you. I love that movie. Um, uh, but also uh, in that same time period, we have Rosemary's Baby. I don't know if you know much about that, if you watched it. There was a recent version which was equally good. But I've read the the novel when I got my... Elur Library uh, card, it's one of the first books I've read, and it creeped me out and still creeps me out. Uh, If you get to watch the movie or the book, read it. But it's about this woman who is pregnant, she comes to live in this Parisian apartment, and her neighbors are really strange. They have this overt interest in her, they start visiting her, they become friends with her, and it just goes downhill from there. I mean, it is creepy. So if you want a similar experience as what you had with Psycho, engage with that one. Have you heard? Have you heard of it? Or no? No. no I, you, you must check it out. Rosemary's Baby. Even if you watch the recent version they did, it's it's quite incredible. Obviously, reading it is, um, is um, you know, it's, it's a much better experience. The seventies and eighties in horror movies—that's when horror really came onto itself because you had big budgets. It started getting a little bit more deeper. Like it started engaging, engaging with psychological. F- fears, um, societal problems. And particularly in the 80s, something huge happened, which was the introduction of practical special effects. So you can imagine how that would have really elevated, uh, you know, the material. What was laughable before was now truly terrifying. So, um, you know, movies uh, like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Carrie the Omen, um, The Shining, Mm -hmm. Evil Dead, Nightmare on Elm Street, that's all from that time period. That's what young Nikesh would have watched as well. So that's a good point for me to ask you this question. How young were you when you watched your first horror movies? Uh, My first...
0: Okay, this might be laughable as well. Uh, I, my first recollection of watching horror movie uh, was, I think, um, I would have been not more than five or six years. Or six, yes. Yes, yeah, years maximum, right? And it was not a um, Hollywood movie. You won't believe this. This was a Bollywood movie. Yeah. Um, I, I was living in, we were living in Delhi at the time and I had my cousins also there. And this one cousin of mine is a big fan of horror movies yeah and it was in, in the year 91 or 92 i think uh, there was this movie called junoon which was released and it was a story about a guy turning into a tiger uh, at 12 o'clock at night every day something like that it, it's it's when i think about it right now it it, it seems very funny but yeah i remember and those were the days of cassette players right and we had yeah. this vcr home, and my cousin and i we went to the nearest shop we got this and he was like oh this movie has come up junoon it's a horror movie let's watch and i was not at all thrilled at the idea i was very i was very scared as a kid about uh you know horror and all those kind of things i still remember watching this thriller uh michael jackson's thriller it came on tv one day and i was really scared uh seeing him transform into a werewolf and all that yeah yeah um yeah. So we got this cassette. We came back home. Um, my mom made uh, Maggie noodles for both of us, which was like a staple food for us at that time, and I was <laughs> really fond of it. Uh, we have started playing the movie, and we started eating the Maggie at the same time. Uh, and you know what happened? In the course of watching movie, I actually forgot to finish the um, finish what I was eating, and there was still left in the plate when the movie got over, and that has never happened before. Yeah, it was. It was. That was my first full blown a movie watching uh, horror movie watching experience that someone
1: needs to start a show where they review movies while eating Maggie noodles if and the quality of the movie is determined by how many how much Maggie noodles is left in the plate.
0: <laughs> that's that's a good idea for a show.
2: Horror <laughs> and Maggie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And what about you, um Shankar, what, what was your experience? Yeah.
2: I think junoon is a remake of the movie uh what is that American werewolf? Werewolf in London? Ah, right. In Paris, I think it's called. Yeah, uh, I am not sure where. Yeah, so I think it's that one. My uh, okay, mine is quite laughable too. I th- is uh a, a, a horror movie? Yeah, I think
1: it's a horror movie. I think I think yeah. it's an excellent horror movie. It's it's yeah. look. I don't know how many times I have watched that movie, and I know they made a shitty remake for our North oh, Indian yeah. Friends. Uh, you know, please just watch the, the Malayalam version with subtitles.
0: See, even if you don't understand Malayalam, yeah. I think the one you should watch is the Malayalam version and nothing else. Yeah. yeah.
2: So we watched it in theaters, right?
0: Yeah. We uh, So that was a time when we moved from Delhi back to Kerala. So, you know, our family decided to, uh, you know, uh, go back to Kerala for settling down there. Yeah. Uh, and I, uh, with our neighbors, this was one of the first movies that we uh, went to the theaters to watch. And yeah. yeah.
2: So I was I was like three years old. Yeah, and yeah. you can imagine how petrified I was, but I fell in love with Shobana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, what, a, what a stunning woman! I she came to Canberra when I was living there a few years ago with her, uh, her dance um, performance. Uh, I think it's called Leela, and I really wanted to see her. Like, I, I've always, I don't think, I don't know if there is any man in South India who doesn't have a crush on Shobana. What an amazing yeah. woman!
0: That's true. And I think she was just 23 years old at the time yeah. of the movie. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. So that made a psychological effect on uh, me as well, because I think that would have been the second or third horror movie that I've yeah. watched in my life.
2: Imagine that's the first movie I've watched in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, wow. yeah. Uh, that, you cannot count that. I think there's a really funny story, which, uh, okay, I, I, I'm not sure if I should divulge into it, but I think I should. So uh, I was like six or something. Well, if you feel if you feel like you shouldn't,
1: then you absolutely must. That means it's a great story.
2: <laughs> so uh, one thing that scared me was okay. Oh man, this is gonna be so bad. Yeah, uh, you watched the music video of <laughs> Everybody by Backstreet Boys.
0: Oh, that used to yeah. scare
2: you. Yes.
0: I <laughs> think you had a dream about it. Right?
2: Yeah. I walked and talked You know, something called Box or MTV, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. And uh, we were, uh, I was there on vacation with my cousins in Delhi and I watched this thing. I was like, yeah, this is a good song. But then I had a dream about it, you know, yeah. especially the character which Brian played, the werewolf, werewolf, and that creeped the heck out of me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that a lot of people find Backstreet Boys uh, music pretty
1: horrifying. So, look, I'm not really
2: surprised. I'm never coming back.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. Um, look, for me, I, um, I, my parents had no censorship on what I could watch or read, which meant that I was uh, watching Evil Dead when I was five or six years old. I watched wow. The Fly, The Exorcist, The Thing. Right. I look, pretty much everything that I've listed in this 70s or 80s list that I was just talking about, um, I watched during that period. And uh, The Omen, uh, Carrie, which I don't remember too much, Halloween, I never watched. And I watched the latest one, but all those things I watched, and I, you know, obviously had a great impact on me. But carrying on with what I was saying before, so that was 70s and 80s. We come to the 90s, which is when... I suppose, uh, especially Asby, would have more memory of the horror classics. But the trend—you will hear, here th- hear—horror theorists use this term. Uh, it's the Grand Guignol trend, which is Grand Guignol used to be this theater in Pegale in France, early nineteen hundreds till nineteen sixty four. They used to stage these elaborate horror theater productions. And, you know, they were graphic. So essentially what I did to both of you in the story is employing Grand Guignol technique. So Mm -hmm. those squishy sounds, lots of blood, atmosphere. So people in Pegale, when they were watching those things, they would faint. It would be that terrifying. Yeah. And what they would do is they would have the ghost walk amidst the crowd. So they would be telling the story and the ghost would be sitting right next to you.
0: Oh, man.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Look, look into it, look it up on YouTube. So it's spelled it's spelled. so Grant, G-R-A-N D, and Winol is G-U-I-G-N-O-L. Uh, and it's amazing what those artists did with that. And so Grand Union techniques blade into cinema. And I will talk about these two films because I'm pretty sure it's it's something that's impacted you as well. Seven mm-hmm. with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, yeah, yeah. and A Silence of the Lamps with uh, with uh, the amazing, uh, um, I, don't, I can't remember the name, Jodie Foster and... Uh, that's right. And so, um, th- so th- th- that became the horror of the 90s. The recognition that man is truly horrifying Maybe not supernatural elements. A man whose motivation cannot be understand, understood, who had a deep-seated aberration in their soul that led them to kidnap and murder. And those things became the trend of the 90s. Do you, do you remember that trend? Did you engage with that trend?
0: Uh, one of the movies, I don't know if this uh, strictly falls into horror, but uh, do you remember a movie called Hollow Man? Yeah, yeah. Right, it it also falls in the similar lines, right? It it yeah, actually yeah. when uh, when um I forgot his name, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon's character becomes uh you know goes through this experiment and he becomes you know invisible. That is yeah. when all internal uh you know demons come out and he does everything that he was only thinking about all day. So you know uh, yeah. his character story slowly becomes a villain of the movie, right? He was great uh, yeah. in that movie. He was fantastic oh, yeah. in that movie. Yeah. So that is one movie that comes to my mind from the late nineties. Um, you know, what about Seven? Did you, did you guys not watch Seven? I watched Seven. I think maybe uh a year or couple. I think couple of years back. Yeah. Not yeah. not. Uh, what did you think? What did you think about it? Uh, the reason that I watched Seven is because I was in love with those kind of movies. That uh, there was a there was a phase when we were you know Usual watching Suspect. Usual Suspects mm. and Seven and all these kind of uh, you know movies. Um, I don't have much of a recollection of how I felt when I watched Seven. Um mm. because it was a time when I watched a series of movies, and probably I shouldn't have watched it uh, that way. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. Uh, I remember the last scene. Uh. Last scene. um I mean, they leave it to you, right, to think uh, you, to to kind of um um uh, your imagination as to what is inside the box and stuff like that's that. That's right. Of. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, right. So I like that kind of a uh, open-ended stuff as well. So it it uh, it's up to your imagination as to how you want to end the story, right? I, so. Yeah. I found that fascinating. That's, That's right. And
1: so do. those those movies fall in the horror genre as well for that reason. Especially because of the way they stage the crime scenes, you know? It's very Grand Guignolish. You know, the the, the intestines hanging off the walls, the mm-hmm. blood used to write stuff on the on the walls, um um and, and all that stuff. And then we come yeah, into, yeah and then we come into two thousands and now we which is where we are situated now in terms of where the genre is at. We don't need any more cinematic reinforcements that human beings are the worst form of horror. I mean, right. we are living it. You know, every day you open the news and someone strapped a bomb on and decided to explode it somewhere and kill human beings. In right. in a world of bin Laden's and, um, you know, uh, crime sprees in cities, we don't need that reiteration. And that's why we've come back to supernatural horror, like The Conjuring that you were talking about before. Right. And you come full circle in that sense. And feeding into this has been our engagement with other cultures because of globalization. And you see like Asian-inspired horror movies and things like that. But, you know, the ghosts and the zombies, they're very much a flavor of our times. Um, but you can see why.
2: Yeah. Uh, there are a couple of movies I would like to talk about from the, uh, I think, early uh, 2000 and 2000, the, the current decade. Like, Sure. Uh, what's the movie called? The, uh, Shutter?
1: I may have watched, but I can't remember. Jog my memory. What, tell me about like, it.
2: Uh, so uh, this guy moves moves to Japan and uh, he gets into a relationship with the girl. And, you know, uh, he's not. Yes, a- I remember that movie. Yes, it's an excellent movie. Yes. So that's one movie which made me go like, wow. So uh, like uh, he goes to the doctor and he checks his weight, right? Hmm. And it shows like somewhere around one thirty kg, and I couldn't figure out what the hell does this Ooh,
0: mean. I remember but, this.
2: And you you see the la- like he electrocutes himself, and then they show him in a sanatorium. And the last scene they show where the ghost really is right is and- hanging on his back. <laughs> Oh, so
0: that is the yeah. extra
1: weight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have, I have actually paid homage to that scene in Fear FM. So, if you remember, there's an episode where Prakash is try- waiting for the email from his friend, and the darkin decides to rest her chin on her, on his shoulder. Uh, uh, and I was paying homage to that particular scene because I think, like, truly, one of the most original ways uh, that
0: uh, you know filmmakers have come up with to terrify people. Oh, do you know what what that scene brought into my mind is? Uh, again, going back to Kerala, uh, there is this other demigod called Kutichatan. I'm sure you would have yeah. heard about Kutichatan yeah. stories. Right? Mm-hmm. So there are some, uh, you know, some people who do this chathan seva by play, you know, pleasing Kutichatan. He brings a lot of wealth or something is what the story is. And the thing is, the deal with him is once you invoke him into your life, you cannot get rid of him. Yeah. Right. I've heard a story, I think this was somewhere in North Kerala where um, there is this wealthy guy and he got all his wealth by, you know, calling Kuti and taking his help. And later he felt that it was too much to manage him. So, you have to feed him alcohol and, you know, non-vegetarian food and all that. So, yeah. he tried to get rid of him, but they all, and from then on, he started having this uh, crazy shoulder pain and neck pain and all that for a long time. Yeah. And w- many doctors they couldn't figure out what happened later they went to some Jyotishi or someone I mean some kind of pe- those kind of people whom you find in Kerala um, yeah. what he said was you try to get rid of Kutichatan but he's around your neck right yeah now. wow so that is, a, that is a thing that came to my mind when I was listening to that story of yours.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was paying homage to that scene in Shutter. And it's not just Shutter. There's lots of um, uh, stories where they try to incorporate that element. Someone told me years ago, there was a Telugu movie where they used that same technique as well, where this man at the end finds that his girlfriend as a ghost is hanging around his neck as well. Um, and I remembered, and it was that, and the reason why I remember that is that the person who told me that story said it's you know, narrated that story so well that that image stayed with me. Uh, and I think that's, that's the appeal of horror as well in, in its telling. That's one thing I try to do with Indian Noir. I'm not trying to do an audio book. I'm not trying to write a literary fiction award-winning novel. I'm not trying to do a TV production. What I'm actually trying to do is invoke that feeling of telling a good ghost story around a campfire. Uh, because they're the ones that stay with you the most. And so, I, I wanted to say
0: this earlier, when you said, um, you know, um, this is more like a two-page story that comes in, uh, you know, all these uh, weekly magazine. magazines yeah. in care. Yeah. I think that really works out, even for, for me as a listen, listener, right? When I see yeah. a new episode coming out, I know that there is some action happening in this five or seven minutes, and I'm really completely focused on, you know, listening the story. Yes, if it is more like, as you said, uh, you know, trying to make a commercial story out of this, we have, we have been saturated by those kind of things, right? Yeah. But your story is something which maybe my friends or I would say while, you know, drinking out on a night or we go to some spooky distant place uh, in the hills of Uti sometime. Yeah. And we want to come up with these stories, which will kind of scare us. These are the kind of stories that you would say. That is why it's more relatable, at least for, I'm just talking about talking for myself. Uh, here. Yeah. That is one reason that I listen. And the and I mostly listen to your stories at night. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> going to bed. It's, it, it, I feel that is the right time to listen to, uh, you know, these kind of stuff. Yeah. So What I do, is once I'm done with my work, I just put my earphones, I go to bed and I listen to this one episode that yeah. comes out. And it really okay. gives me a feeling that, oh, you know what, I just had a discussion with my friend and we just had this conversation about this, uh, this, this spooky thing that was happening.
1: Yeah, and 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 it's interesting that you say that about the seven minutes and knowing something's going to happen, and that's the guarantee of a campfire tale. So, when I finished my high school and I was going into university years, I was a bit of a wayward kid. A lot of lots of us were at that stage because we really didn't know what to do with our lives, to be honest with you. And in Kerala, at the time there was a lot of um, political unrest, so we could have easily gone into some of those political parties and you know just ruined our lives. Uh, just being bad kids but we had luckily most of us were plucked from the streets so to speak by the university wing of ymca so they had a great university ymca branch in trivandrum and a wonderful wonderful man named david gainios whom a lot of us are very thankful for for rescuing us from that situation um he took us in we had a debating society, we had these summer camps we would go to. And it's particularly at the summer camps that I realized the value of the campfire storytelling technique. Because after going through all the classes in the morning, we would have hours and hours in the evening where we would sit around and people would take turns telling the story. And no medium would give me as much satisfaction as the stories that I encountered during that time period. Um, I remember a particularly well-told one. My friend Sam used to tell me this. Used to tell me this. Uh, told me this story uh, once around one of those campfires. He said that when he was studying for medicine, they had a camp. Uh, he studied in Trivandrum, uh, which is the capital of Kerala. They went to a city called Koriyed, and they had a camp, medical camp there, and they had a busy day of looking after patients. They went up to the roof. So Sam, Sam and I and, and a few others, we're sitting around the camp and Sam's telling me the story about what happened to him and his friends. They went to Coricord, they had this camp. They had a busy day and they um, they had a power cut. Okay. And so they decided they were going to get out of the house, which was really warm. And they were going to the roof uh, where um, they decided they were going to smoke. And there were four of them and they were smoking, and his good friend Iqbal, who was at the end, you know, he was he was having this whole conversation, and they were cracking jokes, talking about their girlfriends, what they were going to do next. He spoke like that for hours. They went went through a couple of packets, all of them, and they finished the conversation. And Iqbal said, um, "Yeah, you did tell me that that other guy was turning up," and they all asked, turned up to him and said. What other guy? He said, what do you mean? Like there's five of us. And they said, no, there's there's only four of us. And then Sam realizes he also thought there were five of them because he remembers five cigarette, the t- fire at the end of fi- the tips of five cigarettes as they were talking. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, I thought someone else had joined in this as well. But there wasn't. There was only the four of them. And it's a simple story, right, from beginning to end, told around a campfire and that atmosphere. You can't shake it for days,
2: hey, uh, man. Wow. Uh, <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> don't we have something similar? A story which is like oh yeah, similar?
0: Uh, is it? Is it the, the time when we were walking on? Yes. The, okay, uh, you know what? I think we had a similar experience and. Um, You know, both of us don't believe in supernatural ether. Don't we believe in uh, and nor we believe in anything that has got to do with which science can't explain and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Right. Yeah. So um, I think this was sometime around 2009 nine. Nine time I had just finished my college. And I was back home um, without, I had nothing to do, right? Basically, between the time that you get a job and uh, the time that you leave your college, there are like two or three months of uh, finding the job and all those kind of things, right? So I was back from college. I was staying uh, with my parents at that time. I um, So we were staying in this house, which was just into a paddy field. Yeah and there was this road which was connecting uh, um, you know there was a temple on the other side and which was on, on the side of this pad, paddy field it was along the border of the paddy field towards our house yeah the paddy field is like it's huge you know
2: yeah. and it's not like a road it's like a varamb have you heard of yeah. the word varamb yep, yep. Yeah. yeah 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 so yeah. The,
0: it's it's kind of it's kind of this kacha road uh, which which is passing through and there are a uh, few houses on uh, towards the beginning of the road on the either ends and in between it's completely empty and one of the and uh, one side is this paddy field, and the other side is completely fenced. Okay, uh, yeah. so uh, since I had nothing much to do, I used to go on these long walks in the evenings. You know, walks are a good time to think about stuff, and you know, I really enjoyed those. And we used to have conversations along, which now has become writer and geek show. So we used to have all these That's conversations great. we're having right now when we used to go for the walks like ten years ago okay wow um and so we were kind of returning back home and it would have been closer to what uh seven thirty eight o'clock
2: and there are no street lights there okay.
0: yeah there are no yeah. street lights on this particular road this is it's not a road moonlight. that this is not a road that we generally take we usually take the main road but that day we decided to go for a longer walk and we were just returning back and as we were walking uh, down the road um we saw a figure who was walking ahead of us and we couldn't yeah. uh, really make out who he was or what he was and all yeah, that uh,
2: like he was talking to one of the patrons from the yeah. house which was you know near the temple and uh, before we reached that house he just uh, went off like he was like probably 20-30 meters in front of us yeah, yeah
0: maybe less than that yeah maybe less than that and uh it was uh, really dark all we could see is just a plain outline of his clothes. A silhouette yeah right. like a silhouette thing and he was walking ahead he had no lights in his hand he was just walking walking and we didn't pay much attention to it because it seemed completely normal, right? And the road was just curving around and uh, we were just walking behind him. And it never occurred to us oh, because it was very normal thing for someone to be walking on the road. Yeah. We were having a conversation. Suddenly, we realized that the person who was walking in front of us has completely disappeared. Hmm. He was not there. And there are no side roads. There are, There is nothing where... Uh, there was no place where he could hide or yeah. he could have turned off the road or something like that. And yeah. because the road... You are, you can see the end, other end of the road from this side. It's completely yeah. empty. Yeah. Um, one side is completely fenced. You cannot go that side. And if he had entered the paddy field, you can still see him because I think he was wearing a white shirt or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. And it was, exactly. And suddenly he disappeared. And we wow. have tried... 10000 different uh, you know uh, theories as to what would have happened to him or where he went yeah. but uh, we couldn't we couldn't conclude we as still to don't what, know
2: what happened there right
0: it's
1: it's incredible it's
0: in the, the, a lot of people have told me this
2: stories
1: i mean the craziest one for which there is even photographic evidence is my friend kiran kumar who i used to study with in school years earlier on facebook he said to me because you know he knew i used to write horror stories and stuff and he said to me um he was on his way from Kerala, uh, Kerala, I don't know where in Kerala, to Bangalore, and he stopped in in the middle of this sort of dark highway because they, him and his friends wanted to take a break, and they were smoking cigarettes similarly, and, um, you know, they goofed around, they took some photos of each other, blah, 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 and they were in the car heading back to Bangalore, and <clears throat> his friend similarly said, oh, you know, do you remember that kid? who was with us. It was really odd that he was standing around there in the middle of the night, you know, hanging out with us. So the other two guys in the car, including Kiran said, what kid? It was just the three of us. There was no kid. And <clears throat> they kept driving and they're like, you know, geez, this guy's must be really tired or he's had something that we haven't had as part of his cigarette smoking session. And they thought he was an idiot. And <clears throat> And they reached Bangalore, they forgot about it. Then Kiran, weeks later looked at the photos he took, and he sent me one of those photos. There's a photo, or clearly one of the friends is taking the photo of the two of the others, standing next to the next to Kiran is what can only be described as a malformed kid. he looks like a He looks like a, like, you know, like those kids who would be like a cleaner in a truck in India that you would see?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: He's got those sort of clothes, but he's not quite right. He's not quite human is the best way to describe it. But you can see his shirt, gray pants, and he's got a grin on his face. But you know that he's not quite there. And I'm telling you, it is one of the freakiest things I've ever seen in my life. There is nothing... I just
0: got goosebumps <laughs>
1: listening I to know, this. I mean, imagine me when I got that photo, because Kiran wouldn't lie to me. He's not trying to trick me. He's got nothing to gain from tricking to me. He was asking me a genuine question. And look, if you look into it, you can say, hmm, it's a light aberration, you know? The camera mm-hmm. did that. It's a reflection from somewhere. But what's right. odd about that photo is that the instead of being the same height as the others who are adults, mm-hmm. So an aberration, you know, you would think if it's a reflection of the person with the same height, it's at the knee height, like a little child. And he's looking up and he's got a different hair. The way his hair is combed is very different from the others in the photo. And he's just there, his head tilted in an angle and smiling. And then there is also the issue of his friend actually saying, what's the deal with that kid? Right?
0: So one of them actually saw the others didn't.
1: One of them actually saw the kid and said, and he just looked at him and went, this is really odd. What's this kid doing in the, here in the middle of the night? And that's it.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah.
2: The... <laughs>
0: so, the, I, you know what? The the thing that makes these kind of stories more special is not about what level of uh, un- unbelievable horror lies in it. It's about they yeah. are being said by sources which are close to you. Correct. Which are verified. and these are the people you know day in and day out and you know inside out of them and they are the ones who are telling you these stories so
2: you have the evidence in the form of a picture exactly and
1: And, and people like you right they don't believe in the supernatural even like even as he's sharing this with me he's saying this is rubbish this is a photographic evidence but when you put the two together and I have to say this that my um I can't remember his name now. If we Google it, we can find it. It's um, I, I came across this guy as part of my work with the YMCA in Trivandrum, who was a, 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 a lecturer in parapsychology in Trivandrum. And, um, you know, I went to his house with along with my other uni- university YMCA friends. He's got this amazing house in the middle of Trivandrum where it's multiple levels. He's got multicolored lights. He's left the property grow out of control because he believes that attracts spirits. And he's been researching paranormal phenomenon for years. And I asked him blatantly, I said to him, look, I don't believe in this rubbish. Like, you know, is there any truth to this? And he said to me, over 35 years of looking at different cases, there's perhaps two instances where he's actually thought mm-hmm. there might be some evidence, Okay. Right. The first instance he said was he went to this house in the Jewish quarter in Kutchen and every year, just on Christmas Day, for a few minutes, there will be a party going on upstairs. And he said that when you say party, it's a party. There's people talking, there's plates banging, people share, you know, sharing plates, people laughing, and then it disappears.
0: The sound just like that. Is this the so, sound? Has anyone even gone uh, gone up to see that? Or something? Yeah,
1: there's nothing there. When you go up to see, there's nothing there. When you're downstairs, oh. at a particular time, you hear the sound. And he said he just still can't explain it to this day. And secondly, he said to me, there was this instance where a he didn't give me the name for obvious reasons. I kind of guessed who it might have been, but mm-hmm. a industrialist in Trivandrum who was the head of a, a minerals company, he had a lakeside house and he couldn't get, he couldn't keep hold of any of his maids because they would always get frightened at something that was walking in through the kitchen door and it would frighten them and they would never come back again. So he was on his, on his eighth maid at that stage and he decided he needed to do something. And so he talked to the professor and the professor went to see the site and he, you know, used his instruments, whatever he in- uses, which I think is laughable. Like, you know, the, the, the electro stuff and the sounds, I didn't believe in that rubbish. Anyway, he used all of that and nothing came out and he was going for a walk around the place. And he said that at 6 PM and there, so there are other houses around that house as well. Okay. So imagine an L shape if you can. So right. at the house that we're talking about is at the extreme end of that L. And mm-hmm. the other end of the L is near the lake. Anyway, mm-hmm. and there are houses along the way of that L shape, L shaped road. Mm-hmm. At around 6, 6:30 p.m. he said that the dog in the first house barked, he stopped, then the dog in the second house barked, he stopped, the dog in the third house barked, he stopped, and somehow Something came to a stop in front of the house we are talking about. And he thought, this is really odd. And he fixed the problem. And the way he fixed the problem was he changed the lighting in that area. He put a high-end halogen bulb at the entrance of that room. And then he went and did his research. That spot where that lake is was where robbers and criminals used to be beheaded or their hands would be chopped off in the time of the kings in Oh. So there is no way to explain it. But from that, you also get this cue that it seems to me from a lot of people who believe in para- para- paranormal phenomenon and people who research parapsychology, that it seems like certain events have a resonance to them and they somehow seem to get recorded in a place and it plays out like a loop. You know, like something that's imprinted in a VHS tape and it keeps playing again and again and again and some people happen to see what's happened. If you change the environmental factors around that place, it changes. If you change the lighting, if you change the building structure, if you change whatever that surrounds that place, the phenomenon ends. He, that particular professor, I'll I'll find it and send you the name of the guy. I can't remember his name now. But he, what he was from what he was saying, he didn't believe in ghosts that come out of the coffin and, you know, chase you around and kill you. Right. But some things are so sad, are so profound, that perhaps an echo of those things stay back. And perhaps mm-hmm. that's a ghost. Maybe the child that my friend Kiran Kumar saw was a child who got killed on the road, you know. Maybe it was such mm-hmm. a dramatic thing. Maybe he was trying to go to his mother and he died at that instant and it imprinted that part of space and time with such sadness that he's stuck in that
0: loop it's a possibility right. uh, see as much as um, you know i don't believe in the as much as i don't believe in all these things there's always a part of me that is very curious about these kind of things right i mean these are uh, some stories that your friends are saying And I've heard similar, uh, you know, uh, stuff that comes from the, you know, rural Kerala, a lot of stuff and people whom you know on a daily basis come and tell you these kind of stories. So I sometimes I, I just sit down and I think about all these things. I'm like, I want to completely throw it away as garbage and rubbish. But there's a part of me that wants these things to be true and you know there's a part of me that wants to go and explore into all these kind of things and really uh, you know understand whether is there something that is outside of what we know is there yeah. something that traditional science cannot explain um that's right but, but again I have this uh, 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 you know as much as I say that I don't believe in this a part of me also says that you know what dude don't go and put your head into all this yeah. what if there is something yeah. that really is there and you get stuck in it and you know it kind of haunts you for the rest of your life
1: and it, it's some
0: evidence right like it's not everything most
1: of it just sounds like right. rubbish but sometimes you come across stuff that is a bit profound, like Kidman's story that I told you. But the other thing was, <clears throat> other thing that I'd like to point out to is on YouTube. I think they've got all the Ghost Hunter series uh, videos yeah. for free, um, and there's there's lots of different shows. But the one I'm talking about is the one that's run by the two brothers who are plumbers. I don't know if you, ah, uh, what are they called? They've got an acronym uh, in front of the show name, and they're Ghost Hunters. You'll find this on YouTube, but mm-hmm. they are great because like just like us. They don't believe in any of this mostly, you know? And they want solid evidence. And the fact that they are plumbers actually help. Because let's admit it, most ghostly phenomenon is actually plumbing. Is the sound exactly. in, your, exactly. in the pipes. It's expanding, okay. it's contracting, it's usually wind because of the vents in the house. That's what's going on. So these guys are great. So they will go in, they'll check the plumbing, they'll check the vents, they'll try to remove all the... Uh, other factors that might be causing the sound. And then what they do is they set up the cameras and the sounds. And there's a particular mm-hmm. episode where they go to the hotel that actually inspired the hotel in the movie The Shining, which is meant to be one of the most haunted hotels in the world. And they've got this camera footage of the um, of something pulling the bed sheet down from one of the be- brothers. Um, mm-hmm. It looks oddly creepy. It looks like someone's pulling it down. But, you know, I was happy to dismiss it. I was like, look, what if the feet is moving at an unnatural angle that it makes it look like the sheet's going right. down but it oddly looks like someone's pulling it down anyway i discounted that i didn't care blah whatever but they also set up that was from the camera in the room but there was also audio equipment in the room where they captured sounds mm-hmm. and they would ask questions like the woman i think was one of the it was a duchess from a royal family so and her, her name was mary and so they would ask her questions like mary are you there mary can you hear us Mary, if you hear us, can you knock on the wall two times? You know, the usual paranormal stuff. Anyway, they did that, they came back, and there's always a segment in the show where they analyze the evidence. Anyway, the recordings happen, and to the question, Mary, are you there? And all those questions, you can hear very clearly a, who? What? Now, it's not the response that really tagged me. It's the way the response is generated. So it is as if someone who was on a different plane suddenly heard this sound and went, "Huh? Who? Do you know what I mean?" So you, so you can you can fake and you can perhaps interpret a sound in a particular way, as in as in a word, right? You can think that it's okay. who, but I don't know if you can fake the way in which it said. Do you know what I mean? Like, it really sounded like, it's like someone was walking past. And when... Right.
0: I, think, I think the, that, that ghost or whatever, the, the other being is also surprised by hearing the voices of these, right. like these two people. Right? Do you remember the movie, The Others, with Nicole Kidman and the Child?
1: Where no, no, I'm
2: not you, uh, The are in a different dimension or something like that?
1: They, they are ghosts. They, they, it, so you watch the whole movie thinking they are actually people living in the house, when they are actually the ghosts.
2: yes 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 yes. i remember that one
1: yeah Yeah. and the same thing happens so they keep hearing these odd sounds Hmm. and they're always wondering what's going on and you know that recording i think is incredible it's incredible because of the quality of the responses that are back not that they're just words but the way they are intoned um
2: yeah this reminds me of an episode from the series called ahat Mm-hmm. Ah, I'm yeah. glad we are on the same wavelength today. I was about to talk about our hub but go ahead. Yeah, there like um some like like there is a world, but it's like you know there are like two dimensions. One is like the normal real one, and there is another one which is more darker. And people are stuck there in the darker side, which is where there is like always night and all that. And. Uh, the, the spirits, spirits are like people from the darker side they are trying to communicate with right. others through uh paper clips and all yes, that kind of yes. stuff i don't yeah.
0: Hello? yeah that's what it is and i you know where they have ripped off i don't it's not rip off the same thing exists stranger in the things. stranger things also yeah. Yeah. where there is a word and, a word and the world and the kid gets stuck there and he First, uses yeah. the, light in the room to communicate and all that yeah, yeah. That, i think that that in ahad uh, it, it,
1: it's a, it's a, it's a, like you know it's a story construct that's you know human beings have used for a long time but my point about this particular one was the actual evidence that was collated but coming back to Ahat, I'm glad you brought that up <clears throat> ahad is one of the few indian tv shows that i think in some episodes succeed in creating great horror universes some mm. of the episodes were superbly brilliant most of it was rubbish but we need to applaud whoever made that for the amount of effort and creativity they put into it because it's incredible. Do you do you both remember watching it regularly?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I remember uh, distinctly. Um, I think it was the year ninety nine, and uh, my elder cousin he was studying in uh, a college in Kasargod, and it was his vacation time. I went with him back to Delhi. And we used to sit and play these video games till, you know, like one o'clock, two o'clock. And I d- remember this, I had to, used to rerun at 2.30 in the morning or something like that. Yeah, And right. we, made sure that we watched that every day. I never enjoyed it much. But my, as I told you, my cousin was too much into horror. And we used to sit yeah. and watch the episodes. And the episode that I think you mentioned, I watched it that time or something. No, right. we watched it too Okay.
1: Oh, you 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 enjoyed it too um
0: yeah i enjoyed it. And I used to make sure that i used to watch all the episodes of uh, that series
1: yeah shankar is that is like were you a regular viewer yeah same same year same year same so you were you were with them while you were watching that as well
2: um but i have watched it you know other times <laughs> yeah
1: yeah so i used to watch it quite regularly um but i used to have to fight for the tv with my father so it was a bit of an annoyance we only had one tv so that was a problem but um uh, Talking about Ahat, there's a particular episode that's always stayed with me, um, which which I think I will reflect on that with regards to a technique that's used in horror, which is the stinger that's delivered at the end of a story. So, for example, in the story that I told you about Sam, the stinger is that at the end of it, you know, who's the fifth guy? And it's right. told at the very end, and it stays with you and creeps you out, right? Like, you can't stop thinking about it. And, you know, I try to do this with... Um, with indian noir but um you often can't very successfully because it's a it's a serialized format as well but in each episode there'll be something there that'll be um left to um cause the cause this feeling of um of um um fear that lingers which affects works really well in horror right so um so this this favorite episode of mine in Ahat which i th- think think uh, which i think about to this day and i don't know if you guys have seen it it's this group of friends who tricks this particularly scaredy-cat friend of friend of theirs by inviting him to a house and telling him a lie that it's a haunted house mm. that they're going to stay in that house overnight and they're going to see if they can encounter paranormal phenomenon and they get together with other friends and they find a way to scare him. Have you seen this episode?
0: I I don't remember it right. Maybe when you go deeper into the go story I might. It's incredible. So as we watch the story, we are thinking that the paranormal
1: phenomenon are all true, but three-fourths of the way, the other friends get together and they say, ha, "We've done really well tricking that other guy. Did you see his face when that thing happened? Did you see how he screamed when the other thing happened?" And right. they start laughing about it, and you know, and one of the the girls who's particularly sympathetic to the scaredy cat guy says, "Look, guys, look, I you know I've." Tagged along with you long enough. I think it's time to end this show. We've had our mm-hmm. fun and, you know, we need to stop. At which point they realize the guy is not with them. What? Oh. Their friend is not with them. And they're like, where has he gone? The but friend who was the, right? the, oh, right. the scaredy cat friend that they were trying to scare and, you know, try to, you know, um, pray the prank on, he suddenly disappeared. Mm-hmm. So they look all around the house. And they start suspecting each other, you know, and is this another trick? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. And anyway, they go through the house and they eventually find him in the bathroom. So they all rush into the bathroom and he's in a corner screaming and crying. And they say to him, Are, are, oh, I can't remember what his name is, Are Babu kya hua?" And he's just, he's, he's, you know, he's lying there crying and he's just saying, and then and, and they try to explain it to him, right? Like, oh, no, 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 don't worry. Deepthi did this. And Shiva right. did this. ye kuch sach nahi they tell him. And right. so then the show ends with this line. He stands in the corner. He points to one corner of the room and says, agar sab hai, wo kya And standing in this corner is this most horrifying thing. And it cuts. Damn. Oh
2: my god. I've got I know, right. I
1: didn't know, right? It's a great line. Is what he says. And he's pointing constantly to the corner, and it slowly cuts to the corner where this thing is and it
0: ends there. Wow. Okay. I'm just trying yeah. to imagine I don't remember the scene, but I'm just yeah. trying to imagine that episode. Oh, it's it's one of the greatest
1: horror experiences of my life, I have to say. I remember feeling so scared. But also joyous that that they had pulled that off, um, and you know, they, they in the in James Wan who directs the Conjuring movies, he does really well with those scares. But you know, even he is yet to do something that tops that particular scene in Ahad for me.
0: Although I don't remember seeing this, but even when you you know describe it, I I just get the sense of uh, the horror there. I think there's
2: one scene in Insidious, right? Similar. Yes, thing. similar thing. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the creature
1: is standing in the corner and he's spreading his arms. You slowly see him. Um, but that's an interesting point you raise. I have seen that show. I loved it. I have told this story to so many people and it's worked way better than the actual scene, I think.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah. What, I'm, that's what I'm saying, right? Let's say if I was watching the scene um, and my reaction and when you when you're just narrating this and the narration lasted, what, maybe two minutes or one yeah. minute, it still had the same impact. Exactly.
2: It's a perfect uh,
1: campfire story. (laughs) Perfect, yeah. And these campfire horror stories work, I tell you. Um, But, um, yeah, the, the auditory nature of horror stories is very interesting. I know I use SFX in the stories, but I limit it. I limit it to five sounds a show on purpose because I don't want to overdo it either. Because what I want is I want the theater of the mind to operate, I want the listener to put in the effort to color the world, which they conveniently do, um, because that's what they want. They want to visualize it in their head. The sounds last for a few seconds and leaves the soundscape so that it continues in the head of the listener. And then the dialogue is very similar to like the stinger at the end of the Ahad story. I mean, what a great dialogue. I still remember to this day, like the way he's sitting in the corner, he's listening to all these people telling him, everything's okay, we did the prank. And he's still pointing to the corner going, ye hai, to wo kya hai. that
0: that that sentence is the punch. Uh, yeah,
1: that is the punch. That is the punch. And that's, that's not a visual effect. Like I'm sure if we go back and look at that episode, that monster looks terrible compared to our modern VFX standard, right?
0: I was about to say it's not about what is standing in the corner how it looks it's about yeah. the way he says that and uh, that suddenly you know, exactly.
1: also, you know exactly and it strings they stretch that scene and i i don't know who directed it kudos to you sir because that's the fundamental um horror technique that you need to employ to get a surreal scare out of something which is to stretch something like a string till it breaks but not to break it and then deliver the dialogue which is what happens there Wow. It's the, the terrifying thing is not the monster. The terrifying thing is that he, that thing has been standing there all that time.
0: It, yes, oh man yes oh. <laughs> insane
1: all that time it's a lengthy monologue too because like the the douchebag jock guy's laughing and he's saying oh, you know i'm so glad i got you oh, this is so good and Deepti, the regretful girl is saying look that ghost woman that was me i'm so sorry i beg your forgiveness i beg you for you know and you can see the guy it cuts to the guy he doesn't care he, he <laughs> he's gone he's He's enduring a greater terror than what any of these people have inflicted on him in 45 minutes of that episode.
0: Man. Do we I'm, still I, have that episode? You know what? So I, I think it might yeah, be there I somewhere on YouTube or something. We should take it out. Yeah.
1: If you guys find it. People who are listening to this, go find that episode. Watch right. it. Like I watched it on a late, <clears throat> you know, late evening, just like the like the lads from the writer on the gig did it. You know, um, you know, work up the atmosphere. Make sure you don't pee. Make sure you're right there. you hold your pee till the last minute. And I, I, I swear, you are not going to go to the bathroom after that scene. You will not.
2: And if you can find it, please link it to us. Yeah, this is the thing with me. <laughs> I, I,
0: I always think about. Um, see, I, as I said earlier, we don't believe in all these things. We know for a fact that they don't exist, or whatever it is. But the moment you watch something like this. You have this inherent terror coming out inside you that you look at a door which is half closed and you start wondering what is outside.
2: You start questioning yeah. everything.
0: Right? <laughs> I have had right. issues going to... See, that going to restroom thing, even though we just, you know, mentioned it um, just like a funny way, but it happens. It happens. When when, when I watch something like this, I'm really terrified to go go out knowing that there are my people just in the other rooms and, you know, I'm very familiar yeah, yeah. with my my houses uh, and i know for a fact what happens when i'm still scared and this is one of the reasons yeah. uh, you know i usually don't prefer watching horror movies alone because once i remember very distinctly once i tried doing it i was again we were in kerala nobody was at home i thought it would be a really good idea to watch omen the yeah. first part
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah, it was rewatch. I know the story and all that. So what I did, I just started. It was a DVD, and it was a collection of all the four Omen movies. Uh, I think the fourth one was a crap. So I just put the DVD in, and when they show the menu, there is this weird, horrifying music that plays. Yeah, I just Mm -hmm. heard the music. I shut it down immediately, and that is the effect Mm -hmm. that sound had on me.
1: Yeah. I mean, we could do an entire episode on how SFX is crucial to creating horror atmosphere on the sound. Like, when I watch horror, I watch it with one finger in one of my ears because of the sound. Because I hate, I don't, I'm not worried about the visual on screen. I hate the jump scare sound. I hate it.
0: Even I hate that. I hate uh, the sudden kind of... Yeah. yeah, For example,
2: uh, there was this uh, game, The Mummy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's had, like, those
2: creatures, you know, breaking the walls. They jump the out of the walls, walls. yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I used to, never used to play it be, just because of that.
1: Yeah. Have you ever played Dead Space? No. Dead Space, if you get a chance to play it on PlayStation or Xbox, please play it. If you want a great horror experience, that game is stupendous. Imagine the exorcist experience you had only extrapolated over eight to nine hours. It's incredible. Like, um, and it's a different kind of horror. It's body horror, it's horror in space, uh, but it's incredible. And again, the success of that game was actually the use of sound effects. It won a lot of awards for its use of sound effects. Um, But I just want to quickly now talk a bit about the fact that, you know, we are so joyous talking about Ahad and uh, some of these movies, but we are living in the prestige horror era Great horror movies are happening. Great directors, great actors want to take part, uh, to be part of great horror franchises. And, you know, in the in the in the next few years, we've already had some amazing ones like Hereditary, which I love, which I talk about nonstop. I talked about this on the podcast with Naga. And, you know, I recommend that you watch it and your audience watch it, just watch it too. Uh, but we are in the prestige horror era. Um, we are, horror is being used to discuss uh, issues of race, politics, feminism, um, and also, you know, terrorism, but also staying in that space where we understand human beings are truly horrifying and that we are almost returning back to that supernatural element. And with all these sort of techniques we are talking about, we're only going to see very effective use of them to create great horror movies. So I'm just absolutely excited for what's coming up. And in that sense, like, it'd be great to see India embraced the trend and produced some great horror movies. And obviously genre writers like me can be a part of it. Like I'm already trying to reach out to some studios to try and make some prestige horror, um, uh, projects. I'm doing some outlines for some studios in that space, but also, you know, storytelling in the podcasting space is a good way to do it. Um, I mean, one thing that was very refreshing for me was the movie Tumbad. Have you seen that? Uh, haven't. No, I think a lot more- my well, tumbad, you absolutely have to watch tumbad. Tumbad is not just the greatest horror movie made by in India. It's also one of the greatest horror movies ever made full stop oh okay. Okay. <clears throat> I give it my glowing glowing recommendation, and a lot of people who really love movies love horror movies or just love movies full stop hmm. Rate tumbad absolutely amazingly so. I think his name is Sohail Shah. Sohail Shah what? is the actor. This is Hindi movie. So it's, it's a Hindi movie. Yeah. So it's spelled T-U-M-B-A-A-D.
0: Oh, got it. I was just Googling it.
1: Yeah. It is incredible. It has a soundscape like nothing that we've encountered in Indian cinema before. It's got a richly textured horror story. Nothing like we've encountered in Indian cinema or world cinema for that matter. And it's got a very different three-act narrative structure um, that, that really engrosses you in the story and in the characters. It, it took them years and years to make that movie. They took so long to write the script, to produce it, for simple reasons like they were waiting for the perfect shot of the darkened sky on a certain scene or mm-hmm. they were waiting for a particular location to open up and just the production design and the music that's gone behind it. My God, I strongly recommend you, both of you, settle down. I, in fact, everyone who's listening to this, please organize a Tumbad watching party. Bring your friends together who love good storytelling, good horror. You know, um, organize some
0: beers, sit and watch it. You will love it. Awesome. I'm sure that we're going to I, do this.
2: Yeah. What about tonight? <laughs> <laughs> or oh, so, maybe not. Oh, yeah. One of the things yeah, that I was... Yeah, at, why about, I
0: as we were talking, right, I mean, I have always tried to stay away from this horror genre wherever I could, uh, you know, I could. But after this conversation, I think I have come to appreciate a good storytelling and all those kind of things. So it looks like I would be watching more, more horror movies in the coming uh, coming days. Yeah. Same here. Like, uh,
2: having this conversation, you know, uh,
0: a little bit of respect, you know, for what they're
2: doing, the effort they're putting uh, putting into all these things. And uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm going to watch horror movies, uh, you know, and probably put myself in, into it a little more. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a good way to enjoy it. Like I I enjoy all movies like that because,
1: uh, but you know, I, I suppose like sometimes you have to be introduced to a genre by someone so you can really appreciate its nuances. And perhaps that's what's happened here. Sometimes uh, it could be that there aren't many good movies to engage with but now definitely is the is the moment to engage with horror with all these amazing prestige horror products projects coming on board and you know and podcasts like mine but i try to bring the movie structure into uh the storytelling and i want to i don't want to be the person who is complaining that we are not getting great horror projects from india i want to be the person who provides great horror stories for indians to cherish and we've got such a richly textured mythology Uh, And we live in a country where we are faced with, in in India, we have existential terrors facing up up every day, be it through some of the news items we consume or the things that we see when we step out of our house. So I'm hoping that um, Fear FM on Indian Horror and other future projects that I'll do in horror will reflect that and will become great examples of uh, great Indian horror movies or stories or audio tales.
2: I think... Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there is a lot of potential and uh, pretty sure we'll see you there soon, you know.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, um, you know, uh, I am at least really glad to have at least one channel, uh, you know, one or one podcast, which, which is focusing on the stories uh, that you are kind of saying, because yeah. uh, we have a lot of commercial stories, very similar kind of stuff. But the way you uh, tell these, uh, you know, urban legend kind of stories, which, you know, probably two friends might sit and talk about. Um, yes, that that really is fascinating, I, and I think that is a kind of uh, that would be the foundation for upcoming stories, at least from India, is what I feel. And I hope so do- too.
1: I mean, <laughs> Go sorry, ahead. I, what, I, and I, well, I wanted to add that you know, I mean, the thing is, it I use that structure and it comes from a place where I've had 15 years of training as a professional writer. I used to teach creative writing in university, especially story structure. So I have a deep understanding of how a story needs to be. Uh, formulated to, for maximum impact and i'm a professional voice actor so i try to bring all of these together for a selfish reason which is to try and recreate those amazing nights i had around campfires or feeling oh, scared
2: yeah. and exactly. it's, it's it's shown like how passionate you are about it exactly
0: thank and you And it feels, it feels really personal and close to heart as well right i mean um, when you're yeah. doing it out of your passion and you're trying to amalgamate all your other skills into this uh, it really shows in the production and uh, the kind of stories that you tell thank you
1: no it's been great being on the show guys i've really enjoyed this conversation i mean i might yes. think i hope i haven't bored you to death with some of the uh, theories yeah <laughs> I think,
0: as i said uh, uh, you know i think this is one of the most interesting conversations that we have had in a long time with yeah. on any topic not just horror right mm-hmm um and many many um we relived a lot of moments from our uh, experiences with horror as well and some of the very very interesting stories from your side as well i think this this is gonna be one of the most uh you know interesting episodes on right right and yeah Geek like well. we actually didn't know like we actually
2: went through all these uh you know experiences but while talking you know the flow was like perfect i feel exactly. yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yeah. And same here. It was so wonderful to, A, talk to you guys, but B, I th- it just felt like, you know, I was just sitting with some friends and having a conversation and, you know, so, people listen to this, I hope they have, get that same feeling too. And, um, and uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be closely observing Twitter and Instagram to see what people say about some of their personal experiences after listening to it. I'm very curious to hear that.
0: So so anyone who is listening to this, uh, please let us know what you felt and uh, what your, probably share some of, some of your uh, stories as well uh, related to horror experiences and all that. Uh, yes. But before we wind up, uh, Nikesh, where can people find you on the Internet, uh, your stories and maybe a little bit about yourself and um, your podcast?
1: Sure. So my official website is www.nikeshmurali.net. That collates all my voice acting projects all the podcasts and the books. But Indian Noir, India's number one crime and horror podcast is on every single platform there is. And uh, I'm always happy to engage with um, listeners on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, I am at Indian Noir. On Instagram, I am at underscore Nikesh Marili. And I hope this is not the last time I, I am on Writer and the Geek. I hope... I get to come on at a future stage and we can share more of these amazing supernatural stories. And yes, listeners, please uh, come back with your uh, experiences, but particularly curious about what you thought about how, uh, you know, our discussion on Ahat, that episode and how that story was narrated.
0: And actually, you stole the words from my mouth. I definitely uh, want you. Ba- you know, we want you back on the show. And we. I, I'm sure that we can have another uh you know hour-long discussion about uh stuff related to horror and all that and we uh, thoroughly enjoyed this episode as well um, thank you nikesh for your time uh, in, uh you know from your busy schedule for us and uh, we really enjoyed this episode and i'm yeah. sure that all our listeners would do as well and i'm sure they're gonna re- uh, respond back to us and let us know about yeah. what they felt about everything that we talked here
1: look i'm really glad that you enjoyed it because it's twelve forty-eight here which are past midnight and I have to step into a darkened room you have filled my head with all these images I don't uh, think I'll be able to get out of this room I'm just going to be asleep here I think I'll, with, with the lights on
0: you know all I could I can say is uh, you have a good night <laughs> yeah just don't talk about <laughs> Malia just <Yes>. don't. <laughs> lovely lovely talking to both of you thank you thank you so much thank you so much for listening to today's episode I hope you enjoyed this as much as the first episode thank you for your feedback Go to Nikesh's website, his social media, show him some love. Thank him for his contribution to making this world a better place through his stories. (laughs) And as always, uh, you can find all the links on our description or our show notes. Please head over to our social media or our website and leave a comment feedback on whichever app that you're using, Castbox or iTunes, and that would mean a lot to us. Um, And we will see you in the next episode. This is Writer and Geek signing off.